Hey there. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is put out into the world by Living Water Community Church, located in Ypsilanti, Michigan. I'm Pastor Clark Cothern. If you'd like to know more about Living Water, or if you'd like to drop us a note, or if you've got a question, or if you'd like to have us pray for you, head on over to lw-cc.org. Now, let's join today's podcast in progress. We are going to be talking about thin. We have a, a video to start us off. Hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, Phil, are you guys good with brakes? We're okay. Just okay? We got a saying here. The brakes don't stop it, something will. <laughs> That's not a real saying. It is around here. Just okay is not okay. <laughs> have you ever worked for Dr. Francis? Oh, yeah. He's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. <laughs> Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Just okay is not okay. Just okay is not okay. You know, when I was a kid, 1967, actually, when this book was wrote, now, I've never read the book, but many have, may have heard this saying, I'm okay, you're okay. Have you heard that before? I'm okay, you're okay. Well, as a young, young kid, I, I was 10 years old when it was written, and I don't know, but I've got some examples when I was a kid. Um, one time, uh, church service was about ready to start, you know, how the business can be, and and for whatever reason, the church we went to, um, it had a little stairway and it led right up to the pulpit. And uh, I decided that I would go up that stairway and get up real close to the mic. And I let out a loud burp. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that the mic was on. And I realized I'm not okay. <laughs> and when I looked at my dad, I realized my rear end wasn't going to be okay either. <laughs> I'm okay, you're okay. What a bunch of hogwash. Now, I don't really know what the book said, but the title alone, uh, even a 10-year-old could understand. Um, I was about that age, and um, we had a little fort back in the back 40, and we had like a, a fireplace made of bricks. And for whatever reason, I couldn't get a fire started in that thing. So I went across the field, across the road into a field, and I started a fire. And soon it got out of hand. I mean, and it got out of hand. And I'm yelling and screaming, I made a fire with sticks. I made a fire with sticks. And I'll come dad with a shovel, mom with a broom. And so they came out running, and it took a while to get that fire out. I realized I'm okay. Just okay is not okay. Um, now, people... We're, we're all born sinners. We need a Savior. And, uh, but people like to think that they're okay. They put on a facade. I'm okay. You know, Christians do that too. They like to think that, oh, we we're okay. We don't have sin. And, and we do okay. And, but um, the lost, they really like to think that they're okay. So they put on a facade. Well, a facade just covers up that which is real. But underneath that facade, we are black with sin. We're born dark with sin. Here, Steve, pull on this, would you, if you would? 
I'm not okay. I'm not okay, Mike. <laughs> I should have thought of that. Okay. We like to wear facades. Either you're lost or you're saved. We like to wear a facade, let people think, oh, we're okay. But folks, even as a born-again Christian, I'm not okay, and you're not okay. Our sins are forgiven if we're born again, and we trust Jesus as our Savior. We receive that grace. Uh, the penalty for our sins are forgiven, but we still are not totally okay. Now, back, oh, it was a long time ago, I was in another church. I was doing a play, and I was the character of Paul, and it fit me fairly well. And um, about a year after that play, a lady came up to me, and now this lady was close to my age, been in church all of her life, and she told me it was during that play something I said as, as Paul that she asked Jesus to be her savior. She thought she was okay, but then she realized she wasn't okay. And, and whenever I, uh, how big or small a group, something like this, I like to, to offer up the plan of salvation to everyone here. I don't know. I look around and I don't know for sure everyone if they have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior for the, the uh, saving of their penalty of their sin. You know, I, there's, a, there's a lot of verses. These are the ones I'll choose real quick. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, you're not okay. You're born black with sin. You're not okay. Uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I like to explain that word death a little bit. We know about the physical death. I want to explain the spiritual death. When, when we are born, we are separated from God. And that word separated, you can understand... I use the example of my dad. My dad passed away a little over six years ago. And um, I can't see him no more. I am separated by death. I can't, uh, I can't hear his voice, uh, his words of encouragement. I can't see his smile. I can't receive his hug anymore because I'm separated from him. And death separates us. So it says the wages of sin is death. It separates us from God. So we, we are born with a problem, we're born with a, a sin problem, but the gift of God, that gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. We are born sinners, we are born with a problem, and God demonstrated his love for us. And we don't need to clean ourselves up. We're not okay, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'd just like to take a minute... And, and ask you today, have you received Jesus as your Savior? Has there been a time in your life when you said, I'm not okay, I am a sinner, because of my sins I will be separated from God forever? I want to make sure today you've had that opportunity before we move on as we are going to talk to those who are believers. And we're going to just take a, a few seconds and I want you to reflect in your life if there is a time in your life that you know for certain that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. So why don't we just have a moment of quiet. Okay. Um, if, if you have made a decision, I'd like you to just, just say something to me after church today. If we are made righteous, why do we still sin? If we are made righteous through the blood of Christ by His grace, 
why is it we still sin? Uh, we have still have that sinful nature. Romans 7, 20. For we know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. For I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Now it goes on. You know, Paul, he's very clear. I do the things I don't want to do, and the things I don't want to do, I do, because there is a warfare that goes on inside of us. So what now? Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? If you think about it, we've got this battle going on. What shall we say then? Should we just keep on sinning so that the grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? We are dead to sin. I like the King James that says, but God forbid. Are we called as a Christian people just to continue to live in sin? No, we're not. But we're not okay. We're not okay. In us dwells the ability to do good, to be white as snow, but also the ability to do that which is displeasing to God. We are stuck in a life where we desire to live for Christ, but we still desire to do the things that are unpleasing to God. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This battle that we have, a desire to do good, but also a desire and a draw to do that which is evil, is a spiritual warfare. And we are at war. God has called us to be holy, because he is holy. This morning, let me tell you, I'm going to be real. Um, this is a very difficult message for me. Patty knows I've just toiled over this all week long. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed because this is, is a difficult message to proclaim because I'm not okay either. I'm talking to a group of people. As Christians, you do things that aren't okay. And we're going to talk about things. You know, I know in the back in the days, there was a whole list of things. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And, and, but you do this, this, and it wasn't particularly in the Bible. They just had a list. I've got a list and um, a couple stories before I mention that list. Uh, sin is sin. You agree with that? Sin is sin. We like to rate sin. Oh, that sin's this, 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 this. But in God's eyes, sin is sin, and it's not okay. And it's not okay to continue to be sinful, even though that desire in us that wants to do the things we shouldn't do. Sin is sin in God's eyes. All sin has its consequences. I just saw a guy I went to school with, I think it was Thursday, in the, well, near the Kroger parking lot, and he said, Billy got out. Well, I knew right away what he was talking about. A good friend, now we didn't hang together, but he was, I, I liked the guy. He was fun to be around. He got out of high school at 19 
and was involved in a murder. He has been in prison for the last 43, 44 years. His consequence was huge. You know, I, I don't know him, and I'm going to meet with him. I've got his phone number. I talked to him shortly in the parking lot. And um, I don't know if he could have had kids by then. I, I kind of doubt it. So he hasn't enjoyed rearing up kids, uh, maybe rocking a, a grandbaby in your arms, or the, maybe even the privilege of taking care of a grand. He hasn't had the privilege of maybe going to his favorite sporting events because he was incarcerated for 43 to 44 years. Sin has its consequences. Sin has its consequences. All sin is sin in God's eyes. We're not okay. But different sin has its consequences. Think of David. David, uh, Jesus says, David is a man after God's own heart. Well, that's a good thing. Well, David, uh, it was time for the kings to go off to war, and David stayed at home. And I don't know if that was sin or not. He was supposed to be somewhere he wasn't, and he didn't go. But he decided to get up on his roof. And no doubt to me, he knew why he went up there. Because the women were out bathing. And he saw a particular woman named Bathsheba. And she was beautiful. He lusted in his heart for her. And he sent his servants, he said, find out about her. Well, came back, said, well, she's married to Uriah. He sent his servants for her. So it just started by him not being where he should be, then going somewhere he shouldn't have gone, then uh, ask about that, even though he knew he, she, she was married, went and had his servants sent for her, and then committed adultery with her. So there's escalating sins. Maybe the first sin you didn't think is so bad, but sin it can escalate, escalate to the point, now he's committed adultery, which under those laws could be put to death for that. And then it happened, she got pregnant. And he tried to cover up his sin. He first tried, Uriah come bring him in, and, and so that he thinks he's the father, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. Then he decided, well, I'm going to just have to have Uriah killed. So the sin escalated to the point of murder. But yet God still considered David a man after his own heart. You see forgiveness there? Even though I'm not okay, you're not okay. As a born-again believer, God forgives sin. I wrote down some sins. And um, these are some sins you think, oh, maybe that isn't such a big deal. The first one is the, the King James. Yeah, I'm going to read that piece of scripture. Um, Proverbs 6.16, if you want to turn to it. There are six things the Lord hates. There are six things... The Lord hates seven are detestable to him. The first one on there is haughty eyes or a proud look. What is that? A proud look, haughty eyes. Well, I think it's a, an idea where you get your nose kind of stuck up in the air thinking you're better than some other people. And, uh, oh, his sin was this. He committed murder. I'd never do that. He committed rape. I'd never do that. And you get this proud, haughty look. And what does it say? God hates that. And I think, you know, we as Christians today, let's face it, folks, we, we get a haughty look about some things. Now, I'm going to bring up a touchy subject, sexual immorality. 
It's flooding our land today. And things happen, and we get our nose stuck up in the air. Oh, that's terrible. I'd never do that. But yet there's going to be things on this list that each one of us participate in probably every day. We look at, the, um, at homosexuals. And a lot of Christians, they, they speak out, they do this, they do that, and they're not showing the love they ought to homosexuals. As Christians, I don't care what sin it is, because it's sin. But folks, I sin. I'm not okay. And we need to realize that before we stick up our haughty noses at people and look and point fingers, we're not okay either. And so um, we need to be careful. We need to be careful about that. That's the first thing he says. And the next thing he hates is this, a lying tongue. Now, you would think murder or something would be in there. A haughty look and a lying tongue. You know, I tell my daughter, Rainy, I said, when you lie, I never know if I can trust you to be telling the truth. I see lying is terrible. And, and I would rather you tell the truth and get in trouble than to lie and get in more trouble. Lying, and you've all known people that are just liars, don't you? And you never know if they're telling you the truth or not. And lying, in God's eye, he hates lying. And so we need to keep that in mind. What else is on there? It says, um, a lying had hands that shed innocent blood. And, uh, you know, I think of that, what automatically came to my mind is abortion. What is more innocent than an unborn child. And hands that shed that innocent blood. And um, I'm going to go down. We don't need to cover them all. Um, well, the next one I, I like to talk about is pride. Pride. Pride destroys families. It destroys churches. can destroy businesses and nations. What is pride? Well, I know pride is you're thinking you're right, they're wrong, and I'm not changing. Pride causes you not to listen to others. I'm right. Pride really ties in with unforgiveness. Uh, I will not forgive that person. And what did Jesus say about forgiveness? I've forgiven you and you ought to forgive others. I've kind of paraphrased that. He expects us to be forgiving people. But yet we harbor unforgiveness. And that deals, that's the same thing as dealing with the pride. We harbor unforgiveness. Think of somebody even in your mind today. And they don't have to ask for forgiveness, people. It's dangerous. You know, it's a, really a killer on forgiveness because it causes stress, bitterness. And it's stored up in your, in your heart and your soul and your life. And whenever you see that person, you have a, a tension in your, your heart and life and you want some revenge. And see, to release that, totally release it. Now, I have some people in my life have done me, done me totally wrong. And I have every right to say, no, I'm not forgiving this person cost me thousands of dollars. I'm not forgiving him. But then I've, I've stored up all that, that evil, unkind energy in me. What is the healthiest thing to do for me? Just release it. Release it. Release the anger, the bitterness, the desire to, to pay that person back. You see, folks, I'm not okay, and you're not okay. We struggle with this black line. It's a spiritual warfare. What else is on this list? Um, anger. Uh, I gotta, it's not a funny story at all, but it is a story. I'm preparing for this message, and, and you know, I'm raising the two grandkids, and uh, it's, it's a struggle to get time, quiet time, 
out of everybody's way without, Grandpa, Grandpa, I need Grandpa, can I? And so I said, well, I'm going to go to Leo's, you know, have some breakfast, work on this message Saturday morning. So I do, and I get, and uh, I realize, well, my phone's dead. Well, almost, it's 3%. I said, well, I think I'll go now to the library. I'll plug in my computer, because I knew it was almost dead. And um, because I, I brought my cord with me, look in my bag, no cord. So those two things start to irritate me a little bit. Now, I'm not flat out angry yet. And so, and I, if you remember, what was happening Saturday morning? It was just pouring, pouring. And, you know, you had to, at the library there, it's busy. You have to park a little, little ways away. So I'm not quite soaking wet, but almost wet. So I decided, well, I guess I just need to go home finish up what PowerPoint I have, finish up some of these notes. And um, I, I'm on my way to the car in the pouring rain, and my phone rings. I said, I looked. It's my daughter. Now, I love my daughter dearly. She has done so well lately. I've been so proud of her. But usually what that means is she needs something. And I'm having my time. This is my time. I've planned this. Get away, have my time already. starting to stir up. And I get to the car, call her back, and sure enough, she wants me to bring her some lunch. Are you out, Dad? I mean, and here I'm planning this sermon about sin. And when I was done, I counted. There was three things I'd sinned about as I was talking to my daughter or whatever. I'd already committed three sins on a message that I was planning for on sin. Folks, I don't think there's a day go by, and I, I explained this to the youth, that I don't do something that's dishonorable to God. And, and, and I see an amen there. And, and um, we all mess up because we're not okay. And this anger is one of the areas that, because I'm raising these grandkids, and I'm not blaming them, they're wonderful, you've seen them run around, they're wonderful kids. But come about Friday. And if you ever want to pray for Pastor Mike, pray for Pastor Mike at about Oh, 4.30 on Friday. Because I've already had James, the one year all day, take care of him 11, uh, 11 hours, three days a week. Um, and Kai doesn't go to school on, on Fridays. So I've had him all day. Then I get Maddie and, and Rainy, get them out of school. And immediately they start arguing over something. And as soon as I calm that down, Kai's got into something, got in the kitchen, yanked something out, the floor's a mess, and I'm thinking, oh, I just had this place cleaned up. And then I look, and Kai's, or, uh, James is in the toilet or something, and it just escalates, escalates. So about 5.30, I'm about ready to blow my stack. Anybody been there? Anybody raise this kids? I see a bunch of hands. I'm about ready to blow my stack, and anger is a sin. God says, be angry and sin not. He says that for a reason, because each one of us gets to that point. And so we all, we all have areas in which we fail. Anger. Uh, here's a big one for me. Unkindness. Unkindness. To me, it is so easy just to be kind to one another. The Bible tells us that. I asked our youth group, to, uh, group today. I said, does... Um, is unkindness a sin? They had to think about that. Nope, it's not a sin. I said, well, doesn't it say be kind one to another? Yep, it's a sin. <laughs> so we are called to be kind to one another. Kindness doesn't cost, a, cost you anything. 
But yet, for whatever situations you're in, you can be kind, unkind, just like that. You know, I think I can, we all can relate, those that are drivers, we can relate to this. You're driving, and you might not even be in a hurry, and somebody does something you don't like. And immediately you start to get a little angry, sin. And um, then you look over there, and you give them one of these. <laughs> huh, I will put, you don't need to raise your hands. But we do that. And, and, they, and you may be actually saying something, but they don't know. But they know you're mad at them about something. And maybe they even know they didn't know what they did. And so now you're unkind, you're angry. Um, maybe you're using some language that isn't pure. And in a, in a matter of 10 seconds, you've sinned three times. And oftentimes, we don't even think about it. We go ahead through our day, and we never repent from it. We never ask God to forgive us of that. And that's important. Um, gossip. Gossip. You're in a group, and you all, you're just having a good old time. You're chatting about, and this, that, and the other. And somebody's names come up, and they say, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Sin. Sin. We think, oh, that's, you know, that's nothing, you know, blah, blah, blah. But some of the consequences of these anger, um, unkindness, uh, gossip, uh, these things, some of the consequences can be huge. What if my unkindness causes a person to say, you know, if he's a Christian, I don't want nothing to do with it. And that happens. I don't know if you've heard that. You said, I thought you were a Christian. Well, I am, but I'm still not okay. <laughs> and, and so I, all these things, we don't know the consequences, broken relationships, through and through, the consequences of these things, the anger, the unkindness, the gossip. And I, I talked a bit about rage when you've lost it so much. Revenge, wanting to get somebody back, this unforgiveness, so it turns into revenge. Addictions, addictions. Um, when you just are under Satan's power, in a sense, and you just do not have the self-control, and there's all kinds of addictions. Don't think it's just drugs or alcohol or pornography. Um, I put down here lust. I haven't got to it yet. Uh, a lust for something you don't have. Spending money you can't afford to spend. It's an addiction. There's all kinds of different addictions. I'm going to get to a, a verse for that in just a minute. Um, lust. A lust of the flesh. Lust of different things. And the last I have just on there is, is filthy language. So I asked well, our youth group. They, I asked them, I said, is, is cussing a sin? Well, you're not supposed to use the Lord's name in vain. That's right. But doesn't it say, let no unclean language proceed out of your mouth? And so a lot of times we think, and hey, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand how many of you use foul language, but we're not okay. We do things that aren't okay. That's why we got these black lines with the white lines. We are in a warfare. So here's some things, I'll, a couple things. Um, checking yourself. Checking yourself. This is important. Listen. Checking yourself. When I was at GM, 31 years, ran these big presses, and they had gauges. And uh, plus or minus 40 or whatever it was. We tried to shrink the tolerances to be maybe plus or minus 20. And um, you need to check them things constantly. Why? You didn't want to get out of gauge. Check yourself. So the day's going along real good. You see somebody you know. You're yip-yapping. Because the machines I run were all automatic. We just had to ma maintain them and make sure they were running right. And so you're talking, yip-yapping, blah, blah, blah. And you realize, oh, it's been an hour since I've checked a part. 
You go over there, and sure enough, you're running junk. So then you've got to go through basket after basket after basket and find out when you were running a, a good part, and sure enough, it was an hour ago. Is that the way you want to live your life? Think about it. Never, ever repenting. Maybe it'd be a month, two months, where you get serious and ask the Lord to forgive you of some of these sins, but now the list is as long as Santa Claus's list, and, and you don't remember all of this stuff. Check yourself daily, hourly, however long it takes. Check yourself so that you know, okay, even though I'm not okay, I'm doing better. Check yourself. The second thing is this. All day, check yourself all day. Then a final check at night by praying that God would show you areas of sin committed that day, and he will. Most of the time, five, six days a week before I fall asleep, I say, okay, Lord, where have I messed up? And guess what? He tells me. He really does. And uh, I said, okay, Lord, I need to get a pen and paper on this one. And check yourself. And he will. He'll show you. And most of the time, it's just the way your tone of voice. And I know a lot of you here are married. And it might be the tone of voice which I speak to Patty. I'm irritated. I got something going on. I'm trying to do this. And she asks me a question. And I say something. With just my tone of voice, it was wrong in the way I handled that. And I do that too much. And we need to check ourselves. You repent from it and then you ask for forgiveness. Final verse. Um, second, I don't know why it would print up. Second um, uh, Corinthians 10, 3, 3, 4, 5, it says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means freshly, fleshly. Um, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That talks about addictions, really. Pulling down of strongholds. Uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into obedience every thought. To the, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We are in a spiritual warfare, folks. But we cannot beat this on our own. We can't say, well, I'm going to just try harder. I'll just try harder and it'll be okay. No. We are in a spiritual warfare. The only way you're going to have victory is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We are not okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. Hardly a day goes by that I'm not okay. But we can have victory. Amen? We can have victory over this, this not okayness, if you want to, if you will. And that's through the power of prayer. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's checking yourself daily. It's checking yourself at night so that you see your disobedience. You see areas you're not okay. You repent for it and walk out with victory that day. Can, can we pray together? Father God, um, difficult su subject, but you're serious about sin. You expect 100% from us. And Father God, um, we don't give you 100%. Oftentimes we fall into sin. All sin is sin. Consequences are different. And we fail you. Lord, help us. Help us. Empower us with your Holy Spirit. Because your weapons of the warfare, they are mighty. Help us to check ourselves daily, hourly, nightly, to see where we mess up. Help us, Lord, to mature and grow in your grace. 
that we might be pleasing to you. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen.